0: Hey friends, this is Andy Jenkins with the Warrior Hope Podcast brought to you by Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. We are now in episode number three of season three. And today I want to talk about the idea that war changes people. Now to set it up, let me refer you to a man that we've heard from before, Dr. Andrew Wiest, who is a history professor uh, on the American War. Listen to what he has to say here.
1: That wars don't end with the peace treaty, that young men and young women are still dealing with issues of war for years afterward. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that the soldiers can learn from previous wars and the biggest thing the public can learn about previous wars is that these young men and women are not abnormal, that they are the rule. War changes young people.
0: Bring in another idea as well, this is Sergeant Major uh, James Bryant that we interviewed for the most recent documentary, Trauma Comes Home. Now, his role was to train soldiers to go into combat, and so he saw this kind of up close on the front lines, and he brings up an interesting idea here about training people for war, but can you actually train them for war?
2: As a sergeant major, when we had soldiers to deploy, just going to visit them and talking with them and seeing how the deployment affected them, it really opened my eyes up to a lot of things that we take for granted. Even though they go through a lot of training preparing them for combat, it doesn't mentally prepare them for being in combat and how they will react while being deployed, if you will. And so that gave me an opportunity to see how, based on them being in combat, how it affected them versus when they returned, how some of them would not disclose or want to talk about what they experienced for various reasons. And it wasn't just necessarily the young soldiers, uh, but even those who had some rank as well. And at the same time, they wouldn't Want to talk about it, meaning that they didn't want to be treated for that. At that time we didn't know about PTSD. They called a shell shock, if you will.
0: Now notice one of the things he said right there. Uh, it doesn't discriminate. It didn't matter what race you were, it didn't matter what age you are, it didn't even matter how much experience you had. Somehow Everybody is affected when they go into war, again, no matter what their skill level is or how prepared they are, and so they come back with some degree of change. Now, one of the ideas that we've brought up on this podcast before is you might not necessarily notice the change early on, especially because everybody is going through this together. Listen to what Iraq Veteran Joe Montalbano says about this
1: everybody lives together when you're deployed everybody you know is right there with you all the time um there's never any out of sight out of mind really there's you're always around people it gets stressful just because you're around people and you just want to get away and just chill out by yourself or whatever and you know you can't go anywhere by yourself and
0: As a veteran, let me introduce you to Dr. Elspeth Ritchie. Uh, She has been featured in our documentaries before and works with the Navy, again, has credentials uh, to speak to this from a professional point of view as well as relationship to the military. Listen to what she says just in this very short clip.
3: All soldiers, all Marines, all service members are changed by going to war.
0: Okay, and now let's go back to Dr. Andrew Weist.
1: In learning that, perhaps they'll be less alone. And when they're less alone, there's more recovery going on.
0: Now, I remember several years ago, we were shooting film for songs of hope songs of hope is a fundraiser that we do with crosswinds foundation for faith and culture that is uh, well it, it works like this we would bring a veteran together with a songwriter the veteran would share their story and the songwriter would pull that story out of them and communicate that story in a way that it really got some of the essence of what they were doing and then we would uh, have people come together we would shoot the veterans film uh, maybe four to five minutes, just kind of them putting that story together, that song together. In fact, I'm going to feature several clips of this uh, throughout this season and introduce you to several of these songwriters and these veterans. Uh, and then at the, uh, we would then have the songwriter perform that song for the first time live in front of everyone. Uh, now, Jeremiah Davis, he is a United States Marine. Um, I asked him as we were filming him, I said, tell me, tell me something about how war changed you. Now, now I want you to notice this because we think of war only changing people in major ways, but but notice what he said. This was the first answer that he gave me there when we were filming this out out at this this farmland. You know, as far as,
1: as as things that people take for granted back here in at home versus things overseas is uh, um, creature comforts. Um, you know, overseas uh, in, in several places that I was at. Um, we would uh, use, do our business, use the restroom in, in a cut off 55 gallon drum and every evening douse it in oil and diesel fuel and burn and stir it um, to dispose of it. Uh, the insects and, I mean, the flies over there are dang near half the size of your thumb. You know, they land on it, they then land on you you know, a lot of bacteria gets,
0: gets spread around that way. So you have to, you have to dispose of all, all your, your, your outgoings. So when you experience something like Jeremiah did, you can't not be changed by it on multiple levels. In fact, I wrote a note or two here as I was preparing for this podcast. Uh, you can't not be changed. He, he told me that same day, he said, we actually slept in our graves every night. So at the same time, they're burning human waste Uh, kind of cleaning up after themselves and for it to be sanitary. We slept in our graves because there was fire cover going all around and if something happened to us, we we would be kind of underground, not ground level Uh, so it would be a little bit safer and then they could just cover us up the next day. Um, Listen to what else he says about how it changed him because you'd think if you got hurt you'd run away but notice what he says. Wounded in combat
1: twice on the same tour. Um, once I was ready to go back out in the
0: battle, I went back out, and my very next mission, I got wounded again. Okay, now let's go back to uh, Corporal Mary Neal Veden, who is a PhD psychologist, Medical Service Corps in the Navy. Uh, notice what she says, and, and I'm saying go back because she's been in several of our documentaries. If you ever watched those or streamed those. The links are down in the show notes below for you. Notice what she says about deployment.
2: My fellow warriors and I, um, we do not deploy fit for full duty, perfectly sane, and come back mentally ill or insane on any level.
0: And now let's quickly refer back to Dr. Andrew Weist. You can't see the things that these
1: young men and women have seen without being changed by it.
0: So we're we're bouncing all around, but I think it's important for us to kind of get the bigger picture and just see this coming from all different angles. Um, at this point I want to introduce you to Washington Booker the Third. Now he is one of the men that is featured in the documentary, the first one, Invisible Scars. If you're watching him on film, uh, he has this incredible smile. I'm, I'm telling you that because he's going to recount uh, in this clip here some painful experiences, but there, there are also times that we're going to hear him in season three where he he brings in some of the best parts of deployment as well and is able to hold those in tension and has, just this incredible smile, just this lovely man It uh, was a strong man. Now, notice what he says about his experience. Killing is not a, uh,
2: I, I don't know, they turn it into something and make it acceptable to you. You know, they run you till you almost fall out, and then you just, you're singing, kill, kill, kill. When you come out on the other end, and and you you've had people running next to you, you know to get hit, and you're running and you watch them out of the corner of your eye as they fall forward and they dead before they hit the ground. And these are people that you you sat around the foxhole with, that you sang with, and you know it ain't. They have nothing uh, glorious or all that other stuff. None of that stuff matters.
0: Now you go through something like Washington Booker has endured or some of the other people, uh, Jeremiah, others that we've uh, featured on the podcast in previous seasons and in some of the documentaries, and you realize one of the things that we've mentioned here is is true that it would be less normal to not be affected by this. And that doesn't mean you have to have an outburst or outrage but at some level you have to acknowledge that there is pain that's happened and you've got to process that and work through that. Here's what Dr. Colonel Mary Vieton says. L- listen again this this'll shed some light on it.
2: And we come back uh, traumatized Um, The things that we do, that we have volunteered to do and we would do again on behalf of um, the American public, um, are frequently traumatizing. And when we come home, we suffer. And that is normal.
0: Now, early on, we might not see the change, the transition. Uh, But Bruce Chaplin, that's who I'm going to set up right here, notice how he says uh, that War changes people such that there's almost this permanent change. Now, now going through life, you go through a certain season, it's going to change you a good bit as well. But Bruce Chaplin here, pastoral psychologist that I'll refer to several times throughout this season, notice what he said to one mother about her son returning from war.
3: I had a mother one time, and her 19-year-old son was in the Army National Guard. He'd been overseas. He came home. They, he lived with them before that and he still had his home and when he came home with just assuming he's going to move back in with mommy and daddy get a job go to school whatever he comes home and within a few months the mother came to me and she said I don't understand he's not my son I said what do you mean she said he's not the son that I sent off on deployment a year ago she said he's different he's moody he's hypervigilant he's got a lot of anxiety he can't find a job. If he finds a job, he can't hold the job. And he's hanging out more. He's drinking. He's not behaving like my son. And the problem is he isn't your son in the psychiatric, psychological, biologically, he's your son, but he's changed radically. And so have you. And you don't, you're just expecting to take home what you'd sent away. It doesn't happen.
0: So what happens is someone comes back from where they've had an experience uh, where they endured some things and and now some of the things they're they're grateful for on a different level. Uh, common things toilets, running water. it's Jeremiah. they go through traumatic experiences uh, like what Washington Booker recounts it here or, or the son. you know the vets changed and honestly the family has probably changed as well during that long season. I mean everybody changes if it came back to you three months from now, six months from now, a year from now you'd be in a different place. There's a lot of life experience that happens, much less when we add it and amplify and bolster it by some traumatic events. Uh, And and again, not to equate them, but that happens on both sides. So a a veteran goes to deployment, goes away for a year or more. Okay, that's that's traumatic. But also the family that's left behind that's now missing a family member, that's traumatic as well. So everybody's changed and we all kind of come back together and then, well, this is, uh, Jeremiah's uh, songwriter here and what he had to say uh, after that conversation about now there's still a battle. It's just a little bit different fight. Pay, pay attention here. I mean, he was talking about, you know, the difference between being over here and over there. And there's, you know, it's just a different war
1: over here. You know, it's that there's a, there's a constant fight, the constant battle. Of, uh, you know, it's just a different, it's just a, it's just a different war. It's the same, you know, the same thing It's a different war.
0: Now, Dr. Sarah Gillam is a woman, a professional, as well as a family member of a veteran that we've referred to several times in previous seasons, as well as in our books. She wrote the foreword to the Warrior Family book that I'll put a link to in the show notes down below. And she referred to an event that her and her husband experienced. Uh, when they went out one night and he's reacting to a different situation, Uh, but in the moment he got upset by a very small thing. Now now notice what she says because there's some tension here that we're going to bring out about war deployment changing people. Now what? Excuse me for a minute hard to recognize the signs and symptoms of moral injury. You have a spouse who you married, who you know is strong and vibrant and very good at what they do, and you're proud, you're proud of that strength of, you know, he is a warrior, Um, and there is a lot that goes. And as a spouse, that's difficult because you want to be there, you want to know. But for them, if they love you,
3: they may not be able to die.
0: So there is a moral and as well as a spiritual one that needs to be healed. Notice that in that statement, uh, Sarah, Dr. Gillum referred to both post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and also she mentioned moral injury. Now, moral injury is the subject of another episode that we'll bring up. In fact, I'll do probably two episodes on moral injury here midway through the season. Uh, there is a film we've done on that that she is in honoring the code. Um, and she did reference right there. Sometimes the warrior can't tell everybody everything. Um and sometimes there are hurts that they carry that have to do even with the family. They come back and, and the family's changed or the family's not there exactly like they might have thought that they should be. Listen to Jeremiah here and how that was part of his experience. Um, and when I came home,
1: uh, my family was not able to be there. It was very hard to accept that, um, but lo and behold, uh, we got back Thanksgiving night, and my father drove up from Alabama, it was about a, about a 13 hour drive, and he made it last minute, a last minute decision to be there and surprise me for when I got home. And that was, it was one of the happiest moments I've ever had, you know, to, to see my father and my family uh, be there to support me when I got back. And they know how much it hurt uh, me and themselves um, to not be able to be there. And so when I came back from my second tour, they came out of the woodworks. <laughs> you know, they they made sure that no matter what, they were going to be there, even if it cost them their jobs. So um, it, it made the world a difference to have family there supporting you.
0: Now, however we tie it all together, the reality is that coming back from war, from deployment, that transition is difficult and it is a normal response that you're having and that your family's having to an abnormal event. Okay, so you should expect it to be difficult. It should be some sort of a transition. If it is a transition, again, you're not abnormal, that's normal. And there are tools that can help you through that through that process. I, I want to close out with this because Dr. Elspeth Ritchie, we referred to her earlier, she makes this analogy and says, you know, coming back, uh, you, you should expect a little bit. It, it's kind of like when you go outside and you get a little bit of a cold when the weather shifts and you're like, oh, I got a little cold. That's okay. But if it gets to be like a full-blown bronchitis, oh, now we got to go to the doctor that's a little too far. And she's going to make that same analogy in the world of our emotions and say, hey, when it shifts from a cold to a bronchitis, okay, here's how you can identify that. And she says, hey, you, you really got to kind of measure what's going on because if, if you need more help or less help, you need to make sure that you get the more help if that's what you need. Pay, pay attention here to what she says, and then I'll be back with just...
3: Where it begins to cross the line to go from being a common cold to a bronchitis, if the symptoms persist and get in the way of you either doing your work or your relationships. So an occasional fight with a spouse as you come back over you know, who does what with the kids and how you do the chores, that's normal. But if you find you can't talk to your spouse and are you sitting in the basement with a bottle of Jack Daniels and thinking about suicide, obviously that's a point Past the point, actually, that you really should go and get treatment.
0: Again, the reality here is war changes people, deployment changes people, but the truth is, non-war, for lack of a better term, it changes people as well. And one of the things that I've seen over and over in our time of working with veterans is that so many of them feel that they are a second class of military because they might not have been on the front lines. That's not all of them. And I certainly don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. But it does seem that we bump into that sentiment, uh, even in words, a lot. And so in the next episode, I want to talk about that idea that not only does war change people, but non-war changes people as well. Look in the show notes. There are a lot of tools there for you from books to streaming documentaries to other things you can access right away. I'm Andy Jenkins with the Warrior Hope Podcast.